Hi friends, and welcome to the Be Nourished podcast, where we talk about the nourishing things in life, relationships, food, jobs, dreams, and everything in between. Today we have Miss Nika Horshik on the podcast. Nika and I have been friends for probably eight or nine years now. Um, we were in the same social club in undergrad, Pi Theta Phi for life, and um, just really got to know each other through undergrad, and then I've just followed along with her life ever since then. And she talks to us today about how she and her darling little daughter and husband moved back to Texas, where she's from, um, to be closer to family and to kind of follow that dream that she saw for her life of teaching and coaching but how it got to be so exhausting because of the amount of things that they were involved in and how stretched thin she felt. And so she shares how she and her husband and daughter ended up back in Northwest Arkansas to pursue a slower life, a more peaceful life. Um, And she shares the struggle that that has been as far as letting go of what she thought things would be and, and how she's not teaching right now. And so I just love her willingness and her vulnerability to talk about while activities and being involved with a lot of things is really great. It can also lead to a very exhausting life. So, so happy to have Nika on the podcast today. So Nika, welcome to the podcast. Hello. So glad you're here. Me too. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Well, my name is Nika Horshig and that last name's a ringer, but I'm very <laughs> it. Um, titles I'd say that I hold are wife and mom and youth minister, also Texan, born mm, and raised. That's right. Um, I lived there my whole life, so I went to Harding and then went back there for a little bit, and of course, then I moved to Northwest Arkansas in Bentonville, so that's a good time. I'm still struggling with having an Arkansas license, but I'm getting over Ooh, it. Oh, I know. Um, I know. Yeah. They didn't tell me that. I went to go get mine done, and they were already they like had already confiscated it, and I asked for it back, and they were like, "Oh, well, we keep them." And I was like, "Why didn't you tell me so I could say goodbye to my old license?" <laughs> no, seriously, seriously, because that was like the last thing I had to hold on to because we'd already changed our license plate, all this stuff. Anyway, yeah. yes, all that to say, I'm from Texas. I now live in Arkansas, um, and we live in the middle of our families, like everybody. So my parents and my in-laws were five hours away from them, and then we're three and a half hours away from our siblings, so it's kind of crazy. Oh, that's great. But yeah, that's me, and I'm trying to love Jesus every day, doing it the best that I can. So that's a little bit about me. that's right. So where do you fall on the Texas spectrum? Because my husband is from Texas, and I will say, I have experienced some Texans who are like hard, hard. It's just hard. <laughs> and he is not. I mean, he's super, super proud of Texas. Don't get me wrong. But he doesn't make it like a thing. So where do you fall on your Texas spectrum? Well, I might say I'm like an 8 out of 10, which might sound <laughs> really high. Yeah. But I think it's because when I went to Arkansas, I didn't understand the whole Razorback situation. Right. Like, the way people love Razorbacks are the way that I love Texas. Yeah. I didn't understand that other states didn't love their states the way we do. Yeah. So that's how I grew up. Yeah. So, I mean, I get a little hurt when people bash <laughs> Texans, but I'm not going to, like, hate you if you're not from there. So yeah, and if you're listening... Kind of where I 
Right. If you're listening and you're not familiar, and maybe it's a Southern thing, I don't know, but Texans generally, like, super love Texas, which, it's a great state. Lots of great things there. But to the point of, like, Texas is all there is in the land. And so we went to a school in Arkansas that there was a lot of, like, we would have competitions like Texas versus the world because the amount of Texas students at this school exceeded the, the rest of us. And so, anyway... Texans really love their state, and that's great, but it is funny because I was born and raised in Tennessee, and we did not, we just weren't trained to love Tennessee as much as you guys were, so, you know, it is what it is. It's okay. Yes, they're out. Yes. They're So, did you go to Texas? You moved back to Texas after college, is that right? Yes, I did. Okay, so you mentioned that you're doing some youth ministry stuff now, but you did not start there, right? Where did you start? Okay, so after we graduated, um, we went back to a tiny East Texas town that was like 20 minutes from where I grew up, Um, and so went back there um, just because I have a sister that we're eight years apart, Mm -hmm. and I mean, I was, she was 10 when I went to college, and so it was really important to me to be around her when she was more of a human that I could relate to. Right, right. I mean, somebody that I could talk to about things, and so we moved back really close to my family, and we got teaching and coaching jobs. I was teaching um, seventh grade math, and Justin was teaching at the high school, and I didn't coach that first year, but he was um, coaching Texas football, so that, I mean, we jumped right in, and then not too long after, we we moved districts. I've been... I graduated, I've been to, let me think, I've been to four different buildings, I've been in three different school districts, over two different states, (laughs) Um, which is crazy, so I've taught the last five years and coached, and I've coached everything from track, cheer, basketball, and he was doing football and basketball and track, so that was our life, was teaching, coaching, and then we at one point like took on part-time youth ministry um, because we also moved and built a house in between all of that crazy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we were in the t- teaching and coaching game and, and being around family. That was, that was the whirlwind of the last five years. Wow. So did you guys, was your, I know you mentioned that you moved sort of back towards Texas for the intention of being around your sister and really wanting to cultivate that relationship as she got older. But did you guys think, because now you're in Arkansas, so did you think like, this is where we're going to grow up, like grow our family, this is where we're going to live for the rest of our lives? Or was it sort of like a, we're just going to be here and see what happens? Well, I kind of like selfishly, a little part of me thought, okay, I at least want to be around my family and in Texas, like, for my lifetime, you know, like, mm-hmm. that would be nice to um, grow our kids there, that was, like, my upbringing. On the side note of maybe thinking, like, what if we do missions sometimes, because we actually, like, had to make a decision to go back to Texas or to do um, overseas missions in Rwanda after we graduated, and mm. we actually decided to teach um, at the time and so when we got in the swing of that I thought okay well maybe this is going to be our life for a while but I didn't want to you don't ever want to say this is my plan this is how it's going to work out Mm -hmm. but I thought in the back of my mind that it might work out that way especially when we built our house because I knew that I was going to get emotionally attached 
Yeah, which, you know, best laid plans. I feel like we've all been there where you think you think it's going to go one way and then you're like, oh, <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> so you mentioned that while you guys were in Texas, you were also doing part-time. Was it youth ministry you said that you guys were doing there? Yes. Okay. And did you teach, like, the teenagers or did you teach young kids or what grades? Okay, so I taught every grade from six sixth grade to seniors except for eighth and freshmen because I went I taught um, in the junior high building and I also taught in the high school building and I taught algebra two in high school which gave me a bunch of different grades except freshmen Um, but when I moved to Arkansas for that first teaching job I I taught seventh grade because I found out that I loved teaching middle school kids but I loved coaching high school kids, which I kind of got the best of both worlds while I was in Texas. Mm. Um, so when we when we were taking on part-time youth ministry, we basically had a ton of those kids, those athletes and students that we made connections with in school at, as a part of our youth ministry in our house church. So that was a really neat, that was a really neat time. Yeah, that is fun. And that, that can be a very difficult age. I know for a lot of people... I, it doesn't bother me. I work with kids of all ages, and I and I like working with that age. But for a lot of people, that age can be very, very difficult. But it sounds like you kind of, that was your heart. Like, you went into it wanting to work with that age. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. Because I've, I've found out that my, that my patience and understanding came easier with kids that are in middle school. And they kind of are in the craziest, like, times of their lives where they can be morphed and molded into something great and I feel like it's almost not necessarily your last chance but you've got to make a huge impact on them in middle school or junior high because by the time they get to high school like they're going to make their decisions and they're going to go down the path they want to go through for the time and so I just I really had a heart for the kids and, and even if like when people ask about middle school age or if you tell them you're a middle school or junior high teacher, you know, they're like, whoa, like, how could you do that? All these things. Mm. And so I just kind of had a heart for them. And then on the athletic side, I didn't have the patience for junior high, but I did for high school. So it was a really weird, it was a really weird mix, but it was yeah. a very unique opportunity to say the least. Well, and I think you're right. I mean, I do think a lot of people shy away from that age because there is so much emotional stuff going on and they really are trying to figure out who they are. But I mean, I'm with you. I think all the more reason to enter into that season with them. And I don't know that I could be a middle school teacher. But I do think, you know, I think those kids need us more than ever. And I think you're right in the sense of this is kind of your your last shot to get anything in there that they might need for later in life. It's super important. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So walk us through the process of, because you were in Texas, and then you're, you're building a house, you have roots there, you're kind of thinking like, this is going to be our life, this is where we are, we have a daughter, like, we're with our family, this is great, and now you're in Arkansas. So what happened? Right. Um, well, <laughs> so in the midst of all of those things that we were doing, I was pretty much like running on like below empty as far as like mentally and spiritually just because I was trying every day to take care of all these things and I just kept going and every day had a long list of to-dos and 
go where you're supposed to go and take care of what you're supposed to take care of. And I just felt like my wheels kept spinning and spinning and spinning and spinning. And I could tell it took like an emotional shift and like toll on me. And Justin did too, and people in my family. Um, and I just felt like I wasn't being a good mom or wife or, or things because I was I was just so worried all the time. And, um, like, from the outside, people would think, like, things are going great. And they were. And I could list my blessings, like, over and over again. And I can, like, make my list of gratitude. But I felt terrible, mm-hmm. um, to be honest. I, I didn't feel um, full. And mm-hmm. I wasn't. And I sound like I'm trying right now because I'm getting emotional thinking about being in that spot. But mm-hmm. um, I just was pretty empty mm. and uh, anyway so when family starts to notice that I mean that kind of like puts you in a place of well um, should I be doing this like what changes do I need to make like can I keep doing this and so in the back of my mind I'd always wondered when I was going through all these things and being super exhausted like is there another option mm. or am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I just in this season for a season, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and in the midst of all this, like, we'd, um, we'd gone through some loss, which was crazy, like, things that were really unexpected, mm-hmm. and, um, Justin was getting bogged down with the sports hall, especially football, because everything's bigger in Texas, mm-hmm. and with that, it's football, and so that was just a lot for our family, so anyway, I was, like, battling with, am I going to teach and coach for forever? Is this going to be our lives? Are we going to keep doing this? And it really hit me when we were trying to think about, like, okay, are we going to have another child? Yeah. <laughs> like, do we want to have another child? Like, what will that look like? And is that even possible? Because, frankly, my parents, like, if we weren't by my parents or my sister, but, like, by family, we would not have survived because my mm. mom and my dad did so much for us to help with McKinley, and I just felt like I need to be doing that. Like, mm. they're only little for so long, and um, I'm, you know, feeding and investing and fueling these other kids, but what about my own? Mm. Um, so we started to make, like, some family decisions um, and thought, okay, well, like, where do we go from here? Like, do we, do we change our jobs? Do we change, like, do we set notice some things? And when you're doing that, you ask all the, like, financial questions. Because um, I worry about money. I mean, who doesn't? Sure. So, like, I, I was like, how are we going to do this? We're in a really small district. So we had to be coaching and doing these million things just to keep our head above water as far as getting paid well was mm-hmm. concerned. And, um, so the Lord kind of planned a seed early on because we had visited, um, Bentonville, like with a couple of our friends, like Bethany and Tori. And it, it was actually, I guess as of now, it was maybe like three spring breaks ago. And we were just visiting to visit friends. Like we were also visiting like the Hunter family because they live up here. And we just came because we'd never been here. And what I specifically remember during that time, us talking about how that would be such a cool place to live, mm. but we had just built our house. I mean, like, I'm not going to think about that as a reality when I'm trying to invest and, in, like, I just built my house, like, mm. we just moved in, we're doing life here, et cetera, et cetera. 
like a week, we were in touch with um, the, a principal that was kind of like, we, I want to meet you, I, I want to meet the both of you, I want to think about interviewing you, blah, blah, blah. And so we drove up on a Saturday, like we drove five hours, mm-hmm. and drove up, met at a coffee shop for three hours with this principal, and we were like, man, this is crazy. And... By the time we left the coffee shop to drive back to Texas, because we had to be back on Sunday to do youth ministry, like, we were like, we're going to get jobs. Like, wow. We're going to do this. And within a couple of weeks, we were offered the jobs, and we were like, all right, we're going to Arkansas. And it was so fast and furious, but we just felt like if everything lined up that way, that we needed to do it. Yeah. And it was a and it was a good time, too, because my sister was graduating, mm. and, um, you know, there are classes, you know, there's just times where you feel like it's time to move on as far as, like, where you're at in the school, and um, I felt like I had given back to my alma mater, I spent time with my family, and I'd gone for the reason that I was there, you know, and so it was time to go, and so we picked up and we moved. Wow. You know, I liked what you said about, um, because I think this is where a lot of people get stuck, maybe, is you made a comment about how everything on the outside looked like it was going well. You had these jobs, you were teaching, you were coaching, you were back in Texas, like you're around your family. You know, this is what you went to school for. This is what you set out to do. And then, but you felt like something was off. You knew in your spirit that, like, something is not right. And even though on the outside things were going, 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 you felt inside something is wrong and, and you just built a house. And I think that is where people get stuck because they feel like, well, on the outside, like we have these jobs and we've just built this house and we're with our family. Like we can't change. We can't do anything different because this is what we're supposed to do. And, and I, that is so hard, but it does come down. I think a lot of times to like, what kind of life do you want to live? You know, if, even if you don't have kids, And there's not a child that's depending on you for nurturing and attachment. Still, like, you have to think about what kind of life am I going to lead? Am I, in 20 years, am I going to look back and think, well, you know, (laughs) I worked. You know what I'm saying? And, like, not to put down anybody. For sure. You know, people, everybody has a different situation. and, And there's no shame in anything. But I think if people are reaching for more but feel like they can't, I think a lot of times it comes down to those types of reasons. Well, everything on the outside is in place, and I can't mess with that, and I think that's where people get really stuck, at least in my experience. Oh, no, definitely, because I felt like, I mean, we had all the reasons to be, like, tied down and rooted. Mm. Like, it, we easily could have just said, no, we're going to keep, we're going to keep doing this, like, we're going to keep spinning our wheels, and we'll figure it out, and we'll will cope and I've been coping Mm. for like a year at that point and it wasn't fueling my soul and that was really hard because I did have all the things that I wanted like I had I was right there by my family like what more could you you know I was right by my family I was in a house that I got to build I was um you know in a place that I grew up and mm-hmm. people knew me and I was connected. I didn't have to go to a new place to know new people and do all this and that. And like even Justin had jumped right in and what's funny is I didn't think that we would go like <clears throat> that we would go back to the school that I grew up in because 
Justin knew like a lot that came with how like things that went on when I was in high school or things that you know the way the town is and things like that and it was already a miracle in my mind that we ended up there mm-hmm. like that we were doing that and he was in like a hundred percent when we decided to do that and it just it's so it's so crazy and I know like everybody can say like God's timing and that becomes so cliche but it really is true because things that I thought things that I wanted to happen that I thought wouldn't did mm-hmm. and then just knowing that like there was a season for that particular thing to happen was something that was unexpected yeah. because I easily could have been like okay this is it like this is it mm-hmm. man I mean it's true it does sound cliche, and I do think people abuse that, but I, I also believe in, um, like, a timing above our own, and I think it's hard, and it, a lot of times it doesn't make sense, but I've experienced that in my own life, where things happen exactly as they should, when they should. Not on my timeline, ever, hardly, <laughs> but... Right, yeah. So, okay, so then you go to Arkansas, and you've spoken, like, on Instagram and different things where... You know, you go from this life in Texas where it is 90 to nothing. You're busy. You're coaching. You're teaching. Like, there's constant life going, moving, 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 moving. And then you come to Arkansas, and you shared the other day how, you know, you send, you send your husband off to teach, and you send your daughter off to school, and then you're left in the quiet. And how a lot of times that is very difficult. It's difficult for me. And you shared that it, it's been a little bit of an adjustment for you. So can you talk a little bit about going from the busyness of productivity to more resting and being nurtured and taking care of yourself in a way that you haven't in maybe a couple of years. Yeah. So, um, learning how to rest and be still has come in phases for me. Um, and the first step was moving because Mm. I knew that I was taking on a teaching job that was going to be more work on the teaching end in a sense, but I was only going to be coaching one sport and it was middle school. And Justin was only coaching like running sports and it was middle school. And so our schedule already dramatically changed, Mm -hmm. which that was the first stage of like us coming and moving, coming here and moving away and like not having to be at a football game on Mm -hmm. Thursday and Friday night. So that was like the first stage of just, moving and having a different schedule that wasn't evolving around sports mainly. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. Like I liked that we had more freedom to do stuff and we did. I mean, in the fall when we moved here, we went and adventured almost every weekend. People thought we were gone all the time because we didn't have that before. Mm-hmm. Because Justin would work on the weekends when we were in Texas. Like there was no way I'd stay home. He would do football and then that was our that was our life. And so I, that was exciting to me. So that was the first stage. And that, you know, that was for this past year. And then now that I've taken on this new youth ministry job, I mean, you talk about rest and being still. I'm in a, I'm in a profession, I guess you could say, where the schedule, the daily schedule is, like, determined by me in mm-hmm. a way. Like, I have freedom in like, how I want to do things. Like, do I want to have quiet time first? Like, do I want to work on these emails or these events or things like that? I've never had that before. I've been been very, like, structured. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, these are the meeting times. And there are some things that we have that, but, like, I don't feel like I'm 
working because I love it so much because I'm not so stressed out that my head is spinning. And mm-hmm. um, at first, I was like, I don't know what to do with this. Mm-hmm. And because all I knew was being busy and productive. And if I wasn't doing something, I felt like I was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, or if I, if I didn't feel like I was going down into nothing, that something was wrong because that's how my life has been. And um, when Justin and McKinley went to school without me on a day that, like, I got to rest, I that really hit me because when I was in that time of being low and, like, empty, all I constantly prayed for was rest. Like, I need, I need rest. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. And so, getting that, like, especially on that day was kind of ironic to me. Mm -hmm. Like, first day of school, where for the the last five years, I, like, poured into that. And today, I'm resting. Like, how crazy. Mm So, anyway, yeah. 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 Well, and I, I'm... Yeah, because when you're surviving, which is what you were doing, you just survived for five years, you know, and and then you go and you have a chance to stop and it's not abrupt. I mean, it's been a work in progress, but you know, a little, it's like, oh, oh, okay. It's a big change and things that when you're surviving, things that get stuffed down kind of get brought up sometimes. And I think that's why rest can be very difficult is like, oh my gosh, you know, what am I doing? Where am I at? What's going on? And I think I've loved watching you because I feel like you're coming to a place of like, this is good and this is what I've asked for and this is what I've wanted and rest is important and needed and not just physically, but like your soul needs to rest. And you mentioned earlier about being a perfectionist. I'm a perfectionist too. And so it's, it's more than just needing to like sleep. It's about calming down and taking the expectation off of our shoulders to perform all the time, which is very challenging at least for me oh yeah I mean and I even I struggled with like you know when you're in a new place like trying to reflect on the past and not like holding on to that so much because like it's there for you to learn and to to move forward and I didn't want to say stuck so it was interesting that like that day that you know they're all having the first day of school I was being reflective and that it is it's just a different season and I'm coming into everything that I was supposed to, you know, all the steps that the Lord was wanting me to take. And I, I mean, it was also tough just because I felt like my identity was in doing all those things, mm-hmm. you know, like people, people sometimes find their identity in perfection and productivity. And I think that's so easy. That's such an easy trap to fall into these days because, yeah. A lot of people feel like they have to keep up. And, I mean, it's funny because Justin came home one day and, like, told me a story about a kid talking to him. And they called him Coach H. And, like, I was like, wait a minute. What? Because I, between the two of us, he was Coach Horshing and I was Coach H. And, like, for the last five years, that's been my identity, like, Coach Mm. H. And I'm like, hey, like, they can't call you that. That was me. Mm. But, like, as silly as that sounds, my identity was there. Like, I'm. Not only am I, like, just the name of it, like, transitioning from something that was everything that I was for the last five years to, okay, this is 
this is where this is the season that you're coming into. This is the place that you're supposed to be now. Like what's crazy? Mm. It, it's it's insane. Yeah. So what would you say to the girl or the woman or the man or whoever, the kid who's listening or is maybe has a friend that they're thinking of that's in the same position? Because I know I have been there. In a lot of ways, I'm still there. I think at some point in your life, unless you're the lucky few, there's going to be this, I guess people joke it's called like a quarter life crisis maybe, but there's going to be this moment where you're like, okay, is my life what I wanted? Or the thing I wanted for my life is no longer working for me. It's not functional. It's not healthy. I I can't do this anymore. Because I think, you know, I'm a therapist, and in a lot of ways, I don't know if I want to do therapy for the rest of my life anymore. And that's a hard thing to come to terms with because you think your life is going to go down this path, and then you you shift. And it's appropriate, and it's good, but it's hard, and it does cause some identity. Like, what is my identity? I thought I was going to be a therapist forever, and now I'm not sure. You know, that is no small task. So what would you say to the person who's, maybe feeling stuck or in the same position of needing, feeling that they need a change, but is not sure how to make it happen? Well, um, fear is a liar. Mm. Like there's that song and that there's such truth in that statement because I think a lot of times we don't want to speak out what we're wondering about change or shift or a transition because of fear, like, or, quote unquote being comfortable although your soul is like needing something different Mm -hmm. I think you can't let fear strap you down fear and worry and change because like you're never going to venture out if that's the case Mm. you're never going to be able to see the other side because you're tied down and like you can always you can always stay there you can always stay and do what you've been doing for forever but like for something in your soul to change like you can't let fear keep you from taking that step. And on top of that, like, I don't, I don't know, like, you have to listen to your spirit. And, like, if something is crying out, you can't ignore it just for the sake of, like, productivity or routine. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Yeah. Because you can, you like I said, you can always do the same thing. But, like, when your soul's like, I am tired, like, don't. Don't shut that out because that's important. Sure. <laughs> like that, that for you to feel like you're you're living is worth listening to. So. Oh. Man, that right there. And I would argue, I would argue that it's always worth it. Even if you lose money, if you make people mad, if you move away, if you change jobs, if you change professions, even if nobody understands you except maybe one person, like I would argue that it's worth it because I've been in a position where it felt like my soul was just being sucked dry and it's, it's not sustainable. You cannot do that forever. And I think it is very difficult when you're going against the grain and people don't understand and they're confused and they question your choices. But at the same time, like we only have this one life and I, I really believe that even though it would be hard, I think it's worth it to make a change if a change is needed. Because like you said, you know, you're worth living for. And if you're living for other people, then, you know, it's going to end up dry right. every time. Right. And absolutely. And just being able to trust that there's a reason that you're feeling that and that something can occur and make it better. Yeah. Because, I mean, when you fear, it's hard to trust. Yes. If you worry, it's hard to trust. And I feel like once you overcome that fear, it's easier to trust. And that, that was a huge process for me because my whole life, I could say that, 
I trust the Lord's plans for me, but it's not that easy when I'm having to like release control. Yeah. And that, that was, that was a process. For Um, sure. So, yeah. Well, and I think too, like sometimes all it takes is a small pivot. You know, you don't have to necessarily change total careers. Like you're still working with youth. Like you're still doing the thing that your heart desires. It just looks a little different. And I think sometimes people maybe believe that it has to be a total life overhaul or like a total life change. It doesn't like maybe sure. But sometimes if you can just take a step back and look at your life, maybe there's just a small pivot somewhere. Like maybe one thing needs to change a little because that thing will affect every other thing. And I think that's an encouragement too when things feel overwhelming and it feels like you need to change, but you don't know where to look or how to do that. I think sometimes even the smallest change can make the biggest impact. Oh, absolutely. And I think, and, and exactly what you said, not everybody has to move and change jobs. Like that's, that's pretty drastic, but one like small step is just communicating. Mm-hmm. Like you got to communicate to your soul or maybe admit to yourself that, that my soul needs something, you know, cause you can ignore that for the longest time. Yeah. And just being able to admit like, I'm tired. I need I need some help or I need, um, I need something to change because I can't keep going like this because I'm just going to dig a deeper and deeper hole and I'll just try to keep filling it with different things and it's just going to pile on. And so just being able to communicate maybe to yourself or maybe to somebody that you trust, like I'm not in a good place. And I think that speaks power, um, Mm. over like the danger and the lie of like, like, you, you can keep doing this. Like, you're, do, you're doing just fine. Like, you're okay. I think for the longest time I had to answer and just be like, oh, I'm, I'm okay. Like, mm-hmm. everything's okay. I'm doing fine. When I wasn't. Yeah. So, I think just speaking that, speaking through that is really important. Yeah, I would agree. And having someone you can trust to be able to go through that helps as well, for sure. Okay, yeah. Nika, so what is nourishing you now in this new season of life? So, a few things, um, and thankfully for the way that my job is, like, I can intentionally make sure that I'm having quiet time, mm-hmm. um, and and that, I really, if I'm being so honest, like, I didn't do that for the longest time, because I felt like, hey, I, who has time for that, you know? Yeah. Which is probably also why my, I didn't feel nourished, you know, like, I wasn't sure. feeding, I told what it needed to feel like it could cost the world, you know, but quiet time is huge for me, um, like prayer, um, and I'm reading this, I read this daily devotional that is actually from Billy Graham that I got from my father-in-law, which has been, which has been really neat, Mm -hmm. um, and reading different, reading different books, um, I, I guess it's not right now, but I read Present Over Perfect, yeah, about the time that, we were kind of deciding if we were going to move or not, and that struck me right to the core. Yeah. Um, and then recently I've read uh, Chasing Flow, mm-hmm. which was which was great. And then, uh, so different books. I feel like everyone in their dog might be reading Girl, Wash Your Face right now. Yes. But, hey, I recommend <laughs> it because it really is so great. Um, but just and taking time to be with my family and working and talking and growing with my ministry team they are phenomenal mm. and so I guess investing time that that's fueling me 
like making sure that it's intentional and filling me up. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm really proud of you because I know that it is very difficult to make a big change like that, but I know that it's worth it. And I think that you are really proving that out right now that even though life is hard and we get thrown things and, you know, we just have to kind of go with it. I think that you are doing the best with what you guys have. And I'm really happy for y'all. I'm happy that y'all are getting this chance to slow down and rest. And I think it will be totally worth all of the moving because I've moved a lot and it is not fun. I don't like to move. No, <laughs> no, it is not. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's a lot, but thank you. Like, I really appreciate that. It's, it's a whirlwind. For yeah. sure, but um, I just can't help but be grateful because sometimes I sit back and I'm like, how did I get here? Because mm-hmm. like, obviously, like, if it was my plan, I don't think I, you know, if you have asked me in college, where would you be five years from now? I definitely wouldn't say Bentonville, Arkansas. Like, yeah, I got on, for sure. You know, that's not on the map anywhere for me, and, and now we're here, so, mm-hmm. and I can't complain too much. It's a great place, so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Extremely grateful. Well, I've loved talking with you today. And where you have a blog, right? So where could people find you or keep in touch with how you're doing? Well, it is in the process of being revamped. Okay. But um, yeah, so you know, take on another thing, of course. But um, <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, it's just Nika Horshig, and then um, my blog is Nika Colleen wordpress.com but if you follow me on instagram that's been that's been my transparent blog lately but sure. writing I'm, I'm trying to get in, in more of a regular season of writing soon um i just haven't intentionally sat down done that yet but it is a goal of mine but um yeah if you want to find the link it's on my instagram if you want to follow along i would love that and um, just be ready for some transparency and some toddler tantrum (laughs) well it's needed I think I think we can all benefit from that transparency for sure but yes and I'm so thankful that you asked me to do this I mean I'm I mean talking about being proud this is really awesome for you to do this thing see people with nourishment through encouragement interviewing different people so I'm truly honored I really am well thank you I mean it's a no-brainer for me I'm like duh we're gonna have Nika for sure (laughs) I love how Nika shared her honest opinions and honest thoughts about leading a really full exciting life in Texas but also just feeling totally drained by the amount of activity and the amount of stuff that she was doing I appreciate her vulnerability and her honesty in saying that while she was involved in so many amazing things it it was no longer nourishing to her she was exhausted and overwhelmed and and ready for a change. And so I love that she shares that with us today. Also wanted to mention that at the end, she talks about her blog. She has revamped her blog and she's been writing more. Um, and she actually changed the name of it. So it's actually happily hashtag blessed.com. I put that in the show notes. So if you want to access that, you can, you can also find her on Instagram at Nika Horshig, which I also put in the notes because her last name is a little bit tricky to spell. So hope you guys will check her out. She writes really good that stuff. Her Instagram really is so fun. And I love seeing pictures pictures of her and her little daughter McKinley. She is darling. So check her out today. As always, um, if you want to rate this episode or leave a review, that would be greatly appreciated. And we will see you next week.